Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 143. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I got a mac my name is cliff ravenscraft i'm chris biting we're here each and every week to talk about apple stuff you know the mac the macbook air the ipad the iphone the i own your life company the apple rechargeable batteries (laughs) are we gonna talk about that today i don't know why not why not why not indeed Chris, there's a lot of things always happening in the world of Apple, and um, today, this week, is no different. Uh, we've got plenty of stories to talk about, and I think you're going to start us off with probably the thing that I am most interested in, and that would be some new... Rechargeable batteries? Yes, in fact. <laughs> no, I'm seriously waiting uh, the day where I will be able to download and upgrade my new software for my, I'm, or for my iPad. Tell me about yes, it. Yes, iPad OS 4.2, which I am running currently on my iPad, and it's awesome. Uh, it went gold this week, so that means it's uh, barring no big, uh, you know, showstoppers. It should be live in, in a, a week or two. Uh, right now, you know, they've ur- they're urging developers to you know make sure that all your apps are 4.2 good to go. You know, if you if you're doing any kind of um, you know background processes and stuff like that, make sure they're working and. Uh, Go ahead and submit them. Things like uh, Pandora and stuff, stuff that are universal apps that are already doing the background and stuff on the iPhone uh, already work on the iPad. So B- Pandora backgrounding works. Um, nothing really else works yet just because the apps aren't there yet. But it is nice. It does feel awesome now to have folders and to be able to move in and out of things real fast. You know, I go in, in between Safari and Mail quite a bit and, you know, to get the save states on both of them, to zip back in and out of everything. It's just really, really nice. Uh, so far, so good. Um, I can confirm that they did change the the little thing in the corner to mute now. So you get your mute. Yep. Uh, and what's cool is when you double tap now, you know, you get that that tray of, of recently loaded apps, right? Yeah. Swipe all the way over. Uh, on the iPhone, you get, you know, the play control and stuff like that and the, uh, the rotation lock. On this, you get the rotation lock, the play controls, you also get volume, which is cool, of whatever's playing, and, and brightness. brightness control, which is very nice. I am so excited about brightness control right there. That yeah, is cool. It works great, and it's nice and super fast, and you know, it's nice to be able to double tap and just go to there. So, I yeah, so far so good. No slowdowns. Doesn't seem to be running any you know sluggy or anything like that, which is great. So, I would love to have brightness control that accessible on the iPhone four. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, because I every night I I use an alarm application. I don't know if you use one, but it actually turns into like a night you know a nightstand alarm clock where you can oh yeah quickly look. Of course, I turn the brightness every single night. I mean, I'm telling you, know, every night I have to go in, go to the settings, go to brightness, and I turn it all the way down, and then I go into my thing, and and I use the darkest color possible, and it makes a it makes a really awesome uh, nightlight. Uh, It'd be cool uh, if the uh, app clock. Yeah, it would be it'd be cool if the app could say, "Okay, when when I'm launched, turn the brightness all the way down." I wonder if it's possible for them to do that. Do you know? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? It probably not. It's probably some API that Apple won't let them use. Yeah, that that's my thinking is because I would imagine that all the alarm clocks that are supposedly nightstand alarm clocks would have that feature built in, or at least one of them would. 
Yeah, definitely. So yeah, and, I don't and, think no, it might. Fair. Who knows? It, they may open up some APIs, you know, in a few months or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. So yeah, four point two, awesome. Coming any any week now. You know, I I'm almost to the point now where you know my iPads my iPad is great for consuming um, content, you know, video content and checking out some things, you know, one off tasks. But I do have my iPad here sitting at my in my at my desk when I'm working all day long. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I use Pandora for mine a I, lot. I was using Pandora a lot, but the thing is, is I hated every time I wanted to go use the big gigantic jumbo calculator, it would shut <laughs> yeah. down, and and you know, I would forget to fire up Pandora, and so I'm there, I'm going without music, and it's not as you know, as it's it's not as fun of a background, so. Yeah, I, I actually ended up installing Pandora, you know, my Pandora One or whatever that's called on mm-hmm. uh, the iMac. And, um, you know, my, my iPad just sits there in a corner it's a, and it's occasionally a big jumbo apple, uh, um, calculator. But yeah. it should be so much more. And so I am desperately waiting. For I like using mine in the morning to read my news and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah. Very cool. So that's coming soon. Uh, what else is going on? I think there's some problems with the MacBook Air. Yeah, Apple confirms MacBook Air bugs internally. They haven't they haven't really talked about this uh, out and about yet. This someone uh, from Apple, I guess, grabbed. Uh, th- there's a bunch of stuff in back of house. You know, a lot of tech tools and and tech notifications and stuff that aren't public knowledge uh, that apple sends out to their mac geniuses and stuff like that i I used to get these kind of things all the time you know we we knew about capacitors on bad capacitors on imacs a while ago before you know it kind of leaked out to to everybody uh but apple is saying that the macbook air internal display fades dark to light colors after waking from sleep and uh there is a the, the the issue has been isolated and will be fixed in an upcoming software update so yeah, it looks like there's some issues. Uh, there's another one, horizontal flickering on internal display after waking up from sleep or hot plugging display. And uh, it says the issue's been isolated and it looks like a software update's coming any day now that'll fix these issues. That is very good to hear. So so it's, it is something that can be fixed in software. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily failing hardware that's causing those colored discolored displays. Right, and I, I've got a friend of mine that just bought an 11-inch. He sold his MacBook... He just said a, a MacBook or a MacBook 13-inch. I can't remember. But anyway, he sold his MacBook, uh, just bought an 11-inch uh, iMac, uh, the 64 gig. He says it's so fast. And he goes, you know, the processor, he goes, it's kind of weird. The processor is slower. He goes, but the hard drive was, he, he goes, he felt like the hard drive was the big bottleneck for the things that he did. And he's like, you know, launching applications, moving in between applications is super, super fast. It's super tiny. It's light. It's everything I wanted in a, in, a, in a Mac laptop. So, you know, like I said, it's still not for me, but uh, there are definitely people where, where this would be a great solution. And uh, from, you know, putting my hands on it, I was really surprised how fast it was. Well, I am hearing good um, feedback from like This Week in Tech and some other people who have these devices, people who would normally be very uh, picky about how they feel about them, like Leo Laporte and I was surprised that uh, you know John C. Dvorak, who who normally is a very cranky person anyway, he he sits there blah 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 blah, and then he plays around with Leo's and and somewhere right in the middle of the show he goes, "Wow, this thing is fast." <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I, I'm I'm still not interested personally in one of those devices, one of the uh, the MacBook Airs, but I can see where some people are pretty excited about it. 
Yeah, I st- I'm still I'm still lusting after the quad core uh, i7 iMac. Right. <laughs> All right. So, what did you think about T uh, T Mobile's fake 4G network? Well, you've seen. Have you seen the commercial yet? Um, is this the one where they make fun of AT and T? Yeah, it's it, the one it's where called- it's, it's it's got that like the cute young girl. She's like, "Hi, I'm a T Mobile G2 Touch phone or whatever." Yeah, she's. Um, this is the one where um, it's almost like a Mac versus PC ad, right? And it's got a guy in a nice suit, you know, cool dude, and he's like, he's like, "Hi, I'm an iPhone 4. and it's got this like heavy set old guy like on his back, you know, all sloppy and stuff. And the lady's like, "Who? Who's that?" He goes, "Oh, that's the uh, old AT and T network." <laughs> yes, yes. You're basically, so, basically you're saying, feeling a lot heavier now, right? Basically saying T-Mobile has 4G with their new HSDPA Plus network. Yeah. What's funny is that AT&T has HSDPA or HSPA Plus as well. And they've had it for a while. And they have more customers on it right now. Hmm. And they'll have more customers by the end of the year. Um, T-Mobile suggesting that AT&T's network has a 14.4 megabit ceiling. But AT&T is saying that the HSPA Plus is just as fast as T-Mobile's network with theoretical limits of 21 megabits. The difference is, from what I'm hearing, is that at a lot of the data points where those towers are for AT&T, instead of having fiber drops, which would give you the 21 megabits, they've only got copper. Um, and for HSDPA Plus to get that fast, you need to have uh, you know, you need to have fiber to carry your data. So I guess AT&T is rolling out fiber in places. I have no idea. Um, but you know, the, now there's a big battle on you know on on there about you know, well, Verizon's still the best and stuff like that. You know what I did another speed test today. I had you know three point two down and one point five up. Right now, that's plenty fast for me. I, I'm happy with that. I get everything I need to get on my three G network. I very rarely have any issues now. Um, I don't know, man. I still think it's a this whole AT and T thing is the people who are complaining the most are in you know New York, San Francisco, where all the tech stuff is. And also that's where the, all the services are, are the worst. And, and literally hundreds of thousands of people using the network all at the same time in a very aggressive way. Yes. So, yeah, um, it, I, here's the thing. I, I saw the T-Marble commercial and I'm like, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm really good with AT&T here in Cincinnati. Yeah, um, I'm fine with it. I, I know there's no reason to switch right now. However, I will say that, um, you know, in, in big cities, I've noticed that it it's not as reliable. When I went to Boston, it wasn't as reliable as it is mm-hmm. here. Now, I went down to Bar Camp Nashville, and I... Home of AT&T. Is that right? They have that giant AT&T building. Oh, here. that's right, the Bat yeah. Building. Yeah, downtown. The Bat Lair. Uh, so anyway... Um, I went down there, and Bar Camp Nashville this year was sponsored. One of the sponsors was Sprint, and they mm-hmm. had a mobile Sprint store just outside of Bar Camp. You could go out, and they had—I mean, it was almost like you had a Sprint store, the displays, you know, everything, um, all sitting there on the sidewalk or off the side of the sidewalk. It was—it was really cool. Except for they were all—they were all about showing off their 4G network, right? So yeah. what I went to every single device that was hooked up to their 4G network, and I went to speed test on every device, and I couldn't get anything, anything close to even one megabyte per second. Yeah, and the thing is, though, their, their 4G is, is a marketing term. Uh, things like uh, LTE, uh, WiMAX, all that stuff is not 4G. 
uh, WiMAX Plus, or uh, I'm sorry, LTE Plus will be 4G. There's a standard uh, group that made, you know, the 3G standard. And uh, they say that the 4G standard is not what any of these are. So, yeah. Well, anyway, I just wanted to say I, I get better. I get better connection on my my uh, Virgin Mobile USA MiFi, and that's not saying a whole lot. You know what? A friend of mine uh, just bought his his girlfriend the Virgin Mobile uh, thing, and they're they're loving it. They they took it on a trip to uh, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know what? I'm in the hotel room. I didn't want to pay for you know you know they have internet here, but I'm using this. It's super fast. It's awesome. So yeah, he's lo- they're they they are loving it, and she uses it for work. So. Yeah, it's a good buy, man. Hey, I have a question for you. Have you ever listened to Mac OS Ken podcast? I have not. Seriously, you haven't? No. Dude, you need to go check it out. MacOSKen.com. I have been listening to this now. Um, it, it, it It's weird. I am usually anti-daily podcasts, right? Uh, so what I do is I go into iTunes. If, I, if there's a daily podcast, I always go into iTunes and I say that for the settings, I say, I always go in, download the most recent episode, but only keep the most recent episode. I don't care if I haven't listened to four episodes this week. If it's Friday, I only want Friday's episode. Yeah, I use Stitcher for, for that very reason. It's just, you know, I'll get the latest and greatest and then, and then that's it. Exactly. So, uh, but anyway, Mac OS Ken, he's been podcasting for quite some time. And uh, he is, it's daily, it's at least five or six days a week. That he's doing this, and I—I'll tell you what—it's 15 minutes a day, and it's all the latest news and stuff about Mac, about Apple, and uh, so I just find it just enjoyable just to sit back and listen to different ways. And he talks about it in the different ways that um, I don't hear covered on MacBreak Weekly and and some other ways, uh, some other different stories. So uh, Hmm. you might want to check it out. It's interesting. I will. Uh, I've been enjoying it, and it's where I heard about the next story. And I didn't see the story anywhere else, but I've heard uh, from Mac OS Ken podcast this morning that Apple has done away with their personal shopping appointments. Did you hear about this? I did hear about this, yes. So uh, from this point forward, they are saying that all shoppers are equal. The only thing I can think of is that maybe they're not doing it for the holidays just because their stores are going to be so busy. That's the only thing I can think of that, you know, makes me think it may come back at a later date. That I would, don't know. That would be good. I, I I personally like the personal shopping appointment idea. Uh, oh, yeah. We've talked about it before. Yeah, it was it was one of the greatest sell, selling points for me. It's it's one of the things that when I was introduced to the world of Apple that, uh, you know, I I found that I really enjoyed this experience. And being that I, you know, I'm about an hour away from the Apple store, I like to know that when I go, somebody's going to be there to help me. Mm-hmm. That I don't have to sit there and wait for two or three hours. Exactly. I, I, I really like the appointment. So I hope that they do come back. But uh, from what I'm hearing, they're, they've done away with any mention on their site or anywhere else about their personal shopping. It's a bummer. Yeah, I, I really think it's a cool. And I and I don't actually. I would argue from what I heard on Mac OS Ken because he said um, somebody from Apple released a statement um, somewhere saying that the reason why is because they've made a decision that all all uh, Apple Store visitors should be treated equally. Hmm. So that a statement like that doesn't say, eh, we're going to change our mind and treat yeah. people unfairly coming after the holiday again." That's true. Maybe people complained. You know. Two people walk in, someone 
gets this, you know, you walk in, you're like, you know, and I'm going to buy a Mac too. And all of a sudden this person over here is getting like coddled with someone, you know, and I, I've got to stand, stand around and wait. You know, I, there, there might, there might've been people who complained. Who yeah, knows? That's very possible. Anyway, so I heard about that. Um, I also heard about, uh, I love this. I'm getting Mac news now on a daily basis, so I, I can come and share some stuff. <laughs> I also heard that uh, for the first time since it's available, since it was first announced, the iPhone 4 is now shipping within 24 hours of your purchasing it online. Yeah, I think they're caught up now. They're caught up. No so, white iPhones, but. Yeah, no white iPhones. I, I don't think there will be, I don't think there will ever be a white iPhone 4. I don't think so either. I think it's going to go away. It's, gonna, it's like going to be like unicorns and I can't think of anything else funny. But it's, yeah. it's like Candy Mountain. It is. Have you been to Candy Mountain? With Charlie? Yeah, with Charlie. Yes. And that's and for those of you who uh, don't know what we're talking about, just do a search on uh, YouTube for it's Ch- Charlie. Charlie in the white in the Candy Mountain, the white Candy Mountain and the white iPhone iPhone. Anyway, anyway, so hey, um, Kylie has a question, and so let's go over here and uh, play Kylie's question. Okay. Here we go. Hello, Cliff and Chris. This is Kylie Mack calling from Paris, France for help. I got a Mac. Finally, I have my phone working again so I can call in my Yay. question. I have got a MacBook uh, fairly recently, within the last uh, two years, and an older PowerBook G4 mini 12-inch laptop. What I would like to know is, is there a way to connect these together so that I could use the screen of the 12-inch as a second monitor? Cliff, I just saw you... Uh, tweeting about how you had a dual monitor set up, and I'm wondering if I can mock up the same sort of thing with my two separate laptops. Thanks so much, and I look forward to hearing this answer on the show this week. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Expectations are set high. Do not let me down. (laughs) But Cliff, I think you did find a solution. Uh, Actually, I did not. Um, Kylie did. She, oh. <laughs> she she sent me an email following up just so you can have an answer. No, she didn't say that. She goes, I, you know, somebody responded to her on Twitter. Oh, uh, okay. Screenrecycler.com. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. And basically what it does is it uses VNC client and and does some magic there. She says she hasn't tried it out yet, but uh, if she does try it out, she'll, she'll call us and let us know. So here's hmm. the deal. You know, I got a 27-inch iMac in front of me. Now, the question I have for you, Chris, is is this with this newer device, let's just say it is nine years down the road. The display on this thing is amazing, yeah. and it's still working like a charm. But uh, to be honest with you, it's, it, you know, ten, let's say it's 10 years down the road. This thing just does not have what it takes to be the, you know, the up-to-date computer that things are 10 years into the future. Yes. Can I at some point just use this this iMac as a display? Yes, because it's got the mini display port on the back. Yes, nice. Yeah, the the, the twenty seven inch is the only one that can act as an external display. Nice. Oh, so the yeah. twenty four inch cannot. I, well, the the twenty four inch is just a computer a, a display. The huh? you mean the twenty one inch iMac? Yeah, that's what I meant. 
I don't believe so. I don't believe that that feature is enabled on that. But I know for for a fact the twenty seven inches. See that 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 boggles my mind. Why? I mean, because it, it's exactly this. I mean, this is one of the the you know the things you got these nice displays and and stuff like that. And it's of course a a good portion of the the cost of your computer is these nice cinema or uh, these nice sixteen by nine super glossy displays and super bright and all this other stuff. Uh, but eventually, the I mean, I just realized that down the road, these things are not the hardware is just not going to be as good. But the screen will be fine. Yeah, I'm looking right now just to make sure that I'm not uh, crazy here. Let's see, 27 inch. But so it's good to know that the 20. But but if even in so the situation is you've got all these computers, these all the older iMacs, all the anything else, and and pretty much. You can turn with supposedly with yeah. Screen- it just says twenty-seven inch models also support input from external display ports, display port sources. Hmm. I wonder how that would work. There's wonder- an adapter you buy. There's an adapter, and, and of course, then you would send the signal in. Now, can you switch between that incoming signal and what's on your screen? I wonder. Very easily. yeah. There's a key combination you use. It's like control oh. something F two, and it'll do it. Really? Yeah, I just read about it on uh, Cult of Mac. That's interesting. I wonder how that works. Magical, magically, I guess. Nice. It's like the <laughs> magical land of hope and wonder. Yay! So anyway, um, yeah, that. So screenrecycler.com. If anybody tries it out, let us know if it works. We would love to hear more. Yes. Plain text. I don't know what this is. Oh, you don't know what plain text is? I thought I've told you about this. No. Do you use Dropbox? Yes. Then you need to get plain text. Why? All right. Because it, it, I don't know if you've ever had the need for like quick little jots to yourself or something like that. But plain text. I have a piece of paper and a pencil for that. Okay, good. So, <laughs> but, but, but let's just say you, you lose your piece of paper. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. You, you put plain text as an application for the iPad and it's for the iPhone. Okay. And it syncs inside of your Dropbox. And so you it you can actually have a little folder in your Dropbox called plain text and any text docs documents that you put in there, plain text txt files will show up and you can edit them in I mean it's really fast, it's really great. Um as soon as you do anything it I mean it's pretty much saving this thing instantaneously. And it syncs to your Dropbox. And so I have like my to-do list. I've been putting to-do.txt. And I have a little shortcut to that file using Text Wrangler uh, that points right to that um, that folder or that file inside of my Dropbox folder. And, um, you know, if I add something to it on my desktop and hit save, it's immediately on in my Dropbox. And so when I go to look at my iPad or my iPhone, it's there. So I've been using this thing like crazy and um, the most recent version of the iPhone, and I would love to know if people give us a call on our feedback hotline. We'll give you that number here in a little bit. But um, I would love to know if other people are having this issue where uh, on the iPhone, I, I mean, it, 98% of the time, it will not register any pressing of anything, like the, to go back in the menu, to go to the configuration, to, to t- you know, pull up the keyboard and start typing. I mean, it, it will register about two out of every 100 keystrokes. Hmm. It, some th- with the most recent version of the, of the app on my phone, it's pretty much worthless. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Fr- it is very unfortunate. Uh, now, it doesn't lose anything, 
but uh, it it is it is simply unusable on my on my iPhone four, and uh, quite frustrating to be honest with you. So I would love to know: Is anyone else having this issue on their iPhone four with the plain text application? So that's what I want to know. All right. Already. Last week I made a purchase. Yeah. Yes, you did. And I got my, um, you know, I ordered, we ordered um, two sticks of four gig RAM. Uh, so a total of eight gig RAM. We were going to replace the two gig or the, we were going to replace the four gig that was in there and put in the eight gig. Right. And uh, the stuff showed up. And next day. Next day. And I said, okay, Chris, I need your help. I want you to walk me through this thing. And so I unscrewed the bottom. And I'm about ready to go in and pull out the... Uh, I was holding his hand through the phone. He was. <laughs> and, and I said, I'm going to pull these out. And, I, and then, of course, I shine a little light up there. And I'm like, wait a second. Do I have to pull these out? Because there's two more slots that just seem to be open in there. Hmm. Hmm. So I, Chris tells me. He says, well, you know, uh, if you've got four slots in that machine, then no, you don't have to pull out the four gig. Yeah, throw those, throw those two in there. Yeah, so I threw the two four gigs in there, and I booted up the system, and my Mac now says that I'm running with 12 gigs of RAM. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous you've got a 27-inch display, first off, jealous, and 12 gigs of RAM. 12 gigs of RAM, 27-inch 20, uh, display, and uh, you know one terabyte hard drive. So life is good. <laughs> when I get my quad something... Then I'll feel superior. There you go. Go get right something. Now I feel, now right now I feel inadequate. Well, here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't necessarily notice the difference between the RAM. Going from four to twelve, I don't see it. It depends on what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you were in After Effects uh-huh. or like doing like you know editing like a three gig Photoshop file, you would definitely know a difference. Okay. Well. Um, yeah, that, and you can give more RAM though parallels. But you said you're not really using it too much. I, I, yeah, I, parallels. I'm all, believe it or not, parallels is relegated down to just one application, and that's uh, a program I use called CheckWriter uh, that allows me to print checks from my clients via the phone. So uh, that's the only thing. And of course, I, I, I guess I could see myself maybe doing. Maybe use a, a crossover Mac for that. A, oh, I can, can't I? Yeah. How much is that software? Um, I don't know, twenty bucks. And crossover will now. Now let me ask you this: Where does it store the files for that? If I install crossover, uh, I think it is in your under your user folder inside, like application support. Okay, and inside of the library, inside the library. Now, but I that, think I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've used crossover. I might try that. And it, and it kind of runs just like a, a Mac app at that point then. Yeah, if you go to, I think it's codeweavers.com. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm checking right now, so you probably hear my keyboard. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, yeah, Codeweaver, crossover Mac. I'm looking here. I think there's a free trial you can get too. Yeah, you can. there's a free trial. It's uh, 39 bucks for standard. Pro is 69 It also supports gaming and stuff. You, I think you'd get by just fine with, with uh, standard. Say codeweavers.net. Dot com. Dot com. Codeweavers.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I will I will check that out because I really don't like loading up uh, parallels if I don't have to. Yeah, that, that will use far less CPU cycles. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it, well, not only that, but it's just a pain to sit there and wait for Windows to load. I mean, yeah, seriously, come on. And uh, it looks like Noodle uses uh, crossover or crossovers, as he calls it. Yeah, yeah, crossovers a lot faster than booting that single Windows app. So, I know people that are playing games with crossover. You know, you can load up um, things like Lord of the Rings online and stuff. Let me just play a little bit of this video. So you want to run Windows applications on your Mac. And maybe you've heard of Crossover, but you're not exactly sure how it works. Here's the deal. Step one, you download our free trial onto your machine. That takes maybe 30 seconds. Step two, you install it by dragging it onto the applications folder on your Mac. It takes about a minute. Step three, you use Crossover's software installer to install the applications that you want, as you see here. That takes however long it would normally take under Windows. And then step four, you're off to the races. You're running the Windows applications you want on your Mac without a Windows software license. It's step just over. that simple. So before you go plunking down your hard-earned money for a more expensive Windows emulator that requires you to buy a copy of Windows, give Crossover Mac a try. A few minutes of your time could save you a lot of money and keep your sleek, shiny Mac free of Windows. <laughs> crossover Mac, the Windows apps you want without Windows. I think I might be downloading that free trial uh, right about now. And see, there you go. There you go. I That's, am clicking try now. So now when you, when you download stuff, that uses a separate internet connection, right? You've got like 63 internet connections in your house, right? I have three internet connections in the house. <sighs> four if you count your 3G. Yeah, that's correct. I have four technically. You should be able to combine them all into like a super pipe. You know, I I heard there's technology out there that would do that. It's awesome. Yeah, man. Let us know what uh, what how crossover works for you. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will do this. Uh, a matter of fact, um, wait. Request Mac evaluation. I guess that's what I want. The Mac evaluation. Sure. All right. So I'm clicking. Oh, and then it just gives me the link to download. What's and the name of the app? What's the name of the application? There's like a a, a crossover compatibility center. I'll, I'll check the compatibility for you. What's the? What's oh, the, it's called CheckWriter. I know for a fact it won't be listed. It can't be listed. Compatibility. No matches found. Yeah, I wonder if it'll still work though. Yeah, give it a give it a whirl. I will report next week. Anything else, my friend? Uh, I think that's it. I haven't downloaded any cool uh, iPhone games or anything lately, so. I, I can tell you, though, that inside the folders, you can put up to 20 applications inside each folder. Inside each folder on what? On the iPad on 4.2. So now I only have one, two, three. I have uh, 10 icons on my uh, on, on my screen now. Sweet. Not counting the ones in the dock, of course. But Awesome. Yeah, man, it's awesome. I can't wait to get it myself. I wonder, will that uh, air display work when... Like in multi multitasking mode. Hmm, that's huh. something to test. Something, to, yeah. I don't see why it wouldn't, but who knows? I guess we'll find out soon enough, huh? We'll find out. Hey, folks, give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline. The phone number is eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Again, the phone number eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Thank you, Kylie, for calling in from France. We're glad that your phone is working again. If you do try out Screen Recycler, let us know how it works. We'll be back again next week, everybody. And until then, we encourage you to join the community. Yes. Yes.